Panthers fans, what's going on? Welcome to episode three of Claude Weekly. I'm your host, Malcolm Fletcher, alongside with big B-man Ben Waterworth. Benny, how you doing? I'm doing well. I don't know if I'm getting used to this uh, B-man thing, but I, I brought that on myself last episode, so I've only got myself to blame. But it's good to be back. I'm so pumped for this week. This is this is the biggest episode we've done yet, Sticky. Yeah, you know, uh, third time's a charm, and we're pretty pumped because we have your owner, Pete Zaburski, on today for a podcast. Pete, how you doing? Really good. Really happy that you have uh, have me on tonight, boys. And uh, just want to say episodes one and two, I loved it. You guys are just kicking butt. Oh, yeah. We're, thank you very much. You know, we're obviously pretty pumped to have you on. And we got a couple questions in line here. Uh, so, uh, Benny, why don't you just start taking her away right now? Yes, thank you. I Look, I've interviewed many people in my uh, life. I've interviewed a few of my bosses, but this is this is the peak right now of my life. I just want to say that right now, staring at this uh, beautiful man, Pete, in front of me. Pete, I, I know a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with your story, how, how you came about getting the Panthers and how you got involved. But uh, for those who aren't or those who need a refresher, how, how did you get involved in, in owning the Peninsula Panthers? Well, it was 1999. Um, the previous year in 98, I had coached a Bantam team here at the Peninsula and, uh, with Donnie Robinson. And uh, we made it to the Provincials. And um, most of the kids at that time, um, Bantam, ended at fi- or Bantam ended at 15, Midget started at 16. And so a lot of the kids wanted to move on to um, Junior B. And um, I had coached the spring hockey team and... I had a ton of 16-year-old kids that were all the best of the best. And so um, in April of 99, the owner of the, Vic- of the Victoria Salsa, and he owned, also owned the Tri-City Americans, he, he phoned me up and said, let's go for lunch. And he asked me if I would like to coach the Junior B team. And I said, well, you know, at that time, it was the jungle. It was Jungle B. There was a lot of fighting. You know, the average age in the league was probably 19 years old. I said, I'd like to do it, but uh, I was going to change, you know, the way of doing business. And I was going to bring in all these 16 year olds and make it a development team. And he said, I don't think that you can really do that, but um, sure, we'll try it. And so these kids came in about a month and a half later. um, We talked and um, I asked him if he would just like to sell the team. And, you know, if we could have an affiliation with the junior A team. And I said, I need a year to pay for it. And uh, so we did that. And uh, there was a guy that whose kid was on the team. Um, Mike Hipwell is his name. He's the guy that owns all the bottle depots. Great guy. Darcy Hipwell. Great guy. He said, hey, Pete, can I come in with you? And so we were partners. But Mike got mono about a month in. And so he said, I'm just walking away. It's all yours. The very first game we played, we had 12 16-year-olds in the lineup. Wow. And there was probably before that maybe two 16-year-olds in the whole league. Wow. And we were playing Comox here, and Junior B here was getting about 40 fans a game, family, uh, um, girlfriends. The place was packed on a Friday night. It was our first wow. Friday night, and it was absolutely jammed. And I was watching Comox warm up, and they had a bunch of beer leaguers out there. And I was watching our guys, and I thought, we are going to absolutely clobber these guys. Um, At the end of the game, our guys were terrified. At the end of the game, I walked across the ice. We had lost 7-0, and we weren't even in it. And uh, I knew that it would get better real fast. And I went to my wife, Corrine, who was at the front, and I said, well, 
you know, we kind of we kind of uh, messed up the bed on that one. But at least, you know, it was a great crowd. She said, Pete, like we had no security. We didn't know what we were doing. She said, Pete, um, I don't even have a gate. Everybody walked by. No one would pay. And here we are. So, um, you know, that's how it all started. And, uh, you know, that year we got better, better, better. We made it to the league finals against Calma River Storm. Lost in six games, and it took off from there. It was a, it's been awesome. We've we've loved every minute. Yeah, so I love to hear how you kind of were just looking at the other action, like a bunch of beer leaguers, and you guys lose to a bunch of beer leaguers in your first game. A couple cocky sixteen-year-olds. What what was the conversation like in the dressing room after? Like you're like, come on, boys. Like, actually, I'll tell you, Sticky. Um, I had coached these kids in summer hockey from the time they were probably uh, nine or ten. And there was no yelling and screaming. It was, listen, you guys were terrified. You looked like a bunch of little girl guides out there. And within 10 games, we are going to start winning a lot of hockey games. And it didn't take 10 games, probably six, seven games in. You know, uh, the, the, the fear went away and the skills started coming out. And, and it really, I believe that that model has changed the entire Junior B in the province. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a younger league, the young, younger leagues. And it's more skilled, and I think it. I think that was. I think it's been great for the game. Mm-hmm. So you know, I can even remember just games ten years ago. Boxes are getting full, and you know, it's pretty cool that you were a part of kind of changing the changing the league altogether. Yeah, thank you, thank you a lot. Yeah, and obviously, all of us know Jamie Jordy came through the Panthers, and especially Jamie, you know, NHL All Star, Art Ross winner. Um, tell me one story you have about him. You know, one where you're like, wow. I well, I'll tell you something. what's kind of a cool story. It's not the one I'm going to tell, but it's a real quick one. Is I had you in Toronto. We went to watch the Jays and the Raptors and uh, had lunch at CN Tower and uh, went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. And in the Hockey Hall of Fame, you know, we went to the tr- awards, the National Hockey League Awards, and we looked at the Art Ross Trophy and, uh, and we were looking at Jamie Benn's name on there. So that was pretty cool. The story that I like best about Jamie Benn is when I first decided that I thought he would be a hockey player. And he played for the team as a 15-year-old, and, and the kid was pretty good. And then he played, as a, he played some, some games as an affiliate. When he was 16, he was telling all the players he was going to get in a fight his first game. And so I pulled him aside, and I said, you don't need to be fighting. You need to be playing hockey. And, and he played with his heart on his sleeve. He played hard. And... Um, we, we won game six here against Kerry Park in the playoffs. We scored a goal with about two minutes, two minutes left. I was standing on the stairs going up, you know, at the entrance and with Corrine at the very end of the game with a couple minutes left when we scored. A kid named uh, Jimmy Carter tied it up. And, and literally the reason we were standing on the stairs is we couldn't get into the arena. It was absolutely jammed like sardines. The next night, we won the game. We're going to game seven in Cary Park. And, and we had a goaltender, Paul Kalita, and, and we had a couple guys were suspended, and we were banged up, and we needed Kalita to play great, and he was a great goalie, and he probably had his worst game of the year. And we were down 5 nothing, probably about seven minutes into the game. The game was over. And Jamie Benn was so choked And he was running around and he ended up taking four or five minor penalties and not like holding. And uh, and 
at the end of the game, I went down because I was sitting with Kareen in the crowd. I went down just to congratulate the team on the year. And Jamie Ben was standing outside the dressing room and was crying his eyes out. And I said, I went, I, you know, I mean, he was a peninsula kid and he, and he bled blue. And, you know, I, it's the first time I thought, wow, like this kid is going to be a player. And uh, I went out to the truck and talked to Corrine. I said, you know, I mean, the kid has what it takes. Um, did I think he was going to do what he did? No. But uh, I knew he was going to make a mark in hockey, and he obviously has. And what does that mean to you as the owner of a side like this to see someone go on to that success? I mean, from the moment his name gets called out in the draft to, to the moment he's winning the Art Ross and making the All-Star team, I mean, that, that must to you uh, bring a sense of pride that this kid has come from your club and here he is now one of the best players in the league in the NHL. Well, uh, what I have pride in is that our organization didn't screw him up. I think there's so many great players around that make it. And, and, and we all like to take credit for their development. And I think that's important. I think being in the right organization at the right time allows the kid to develop. I think it's, I think it's more important that organizations don't screw up talent. And that happens a lot too. And so I take pride in that. Jamie was here and Jordy and a lot of other guys. And, uh, and they got to play hard and they had fun and they, they were part of the community and they wanted to be here Friday nights with their buddies and, uh, and we didn't screw it up. And so I'm happy about that. You talked before about how when you sort of became involved, you know, you maybe only got 40-odd people watching games. Now you've got a packed barn every single Friday night. And, and going to what you're saying about that sense of community, do you, that I can imagine for yourself being involved with this team, the results are great. You want to see results, but it's also that community spirit that getting the community involved, coming along, watching it as an owner, as part of an organization is also very important as well as that development you're talking about. Well, you know, the community is very important to us. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because it's just as important to Corrine or more important to her. Like she really, really has a close affiliation with so many people that come out every Friday night. And I know that this is just as important to her as any player coach. So it's, it's as important to her as it is important to me. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, we used to pack this place every night. We don't pack it anymore. We get really good crowds. I think we get the strongest draw in the South without a doubt. And I think what's hurt, I think what's hurt the Panthers and what's hurt all of hockey right across the country, right across North America is 60 inch TVs, unbelievable cable packages, those the telephones that the kids are just locked and loaded on and uh i think it's hurt you know just um the ability of people and the desire of people just to talk just to communicate and and that's what friday night is here it's a chance for everybody in the community to come out on friday night and watch a game and watch some young kids that are given everything they got and a chance to spend time with their buddies that they may have not have seen for the whole week. Wow, that's really cool. I remember being a kid, always coming to Friday night, you know, running down, giving the guys high fives, and, you know, you're always yelling, and then Larry's banging on his on the glass. It's just awesome. I love, I love to hear that. 
Yeah, it's been going on a long time, and you know, there's a lot of people with the same story as you, Sticky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I, like I said, it's just great. It's just great. And I Benny, I'm I'm really glad that you're here. Um, you uh, you are adding a lot. You are going to add so much to what we do, and I appreciate every minute you spend with us. I think you're only mentioning that because you know I'm going to add a lot of dents to the ice when I eventually get out there and start falling over. I, I hope this guy five bucks, basically, right? <laughs> I hope so. I you know what. Um, if you're not going down, you're not trying. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, kind of moving on to a, a new question was, I was super curious to think what you're going to have to say was, who do you think the best Panther was to come through but never made it out of Junior B hockey? Well, I was GMing the Victoria Salsa Junior A team, and we ran three camps in three straight weekends, one in Strathmore, Alberta, the next weekend in Regina, those two had 120 kids and we ran one in um, Vancouver with 210 kids. And, uh, and so we, we got a lot of kids out of that for the salsa and for the Panthers. There was a kid in Regina's camp. We got two kids out of Regina that were kind of significant. Uh, we got Tyler Bozak and he came to the, to, um, the, the salsa and obviously he won a Stanley cup last year with St. Louis blues. Not a big deal. <laughs> no. And, uh, and um, we got a kid named Jared Molnar, who was an 18-year-old defenseman. And he wasn't very big. He was about five foot eight, and he was a Regina kid. He lived in Regina. And we asked if he wanted to come out. Um, he, try, he tried to make the um, salsa. He didn't. And he came here. And he was a kid that just was happy to stay here. He loved the community. He absolutely loved Larry Orr. Mm-hmm. He came back for Larry Orr's funeral. I, you know, he's been back a lot of times. He, he's a kid that absolutely loved everything about the peninsula. And, uh, he, you know, he was, our, uh, he was our heart and soul for three years. And, and that game that I was talking about with Jamie Ben, Molnar was the captain. He was a 20-year-old captain that year. And... On, in game six, and the president, uh, Brian Harrison, was at the game. He got the worst ticky-tack call against him, and he got a five-minute major for checking from behind, and it wasn't, and he was suspended for that final game. And it was the final game of his junior career. But uh, he, he was a wonderful kid and an, and an unbelievable player with a heart as big as him. Wow, yeah, that's that's kind of sad to hear that he got suspended for his last game. You know, what were you kind of thinking? Like, did you kind of feel bad for him? Were you just unsure what was going in, going into his last game? Well, at the time, I'm feeling a little bit bad for him, and I'm feeling really bad for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I know it was it was a body shot for the whole team, and be, and and he was a great kid, and it was unfair. And Brian Harrison, the president, came to me, and he and he said before that game how unfair this whole thing was. And wow. so everybody on both teams knew it was unfair and the wheels were in motion and there was nothing that could be done. Wow, that's too bad. If I wasn't on the podcast, I would tell you a few words what I really think of it. Well, wait till episode four. That's when the Australian words can come into these uh, episodes, Pete. Outside of, you know, the bends, the players, the experience you're talking about, what are, what are some of the other highlights uh, over the 20, 21 years you've been involved in the Panthers? Well... There's a lot. Uh, you know, the biggest kick I get out of, I mean, we're running some, we ran a camp and now we're running some development, my ice and whatever. And, you know, I love how the local kids all want to be a Peninsula Panther. It was interesting. We, you know, we won hockey. Sticky's dad was a huge part of us winning that. And, uh, and um, there was a guy who our very first year's name was Kevin Woodley. 
and he was a he was a reporter for the um, Peninsula News Review. And great guy, just a young guy, like 23, 24 years old, you know, and trying to make his way in life. And so he came out to cover the Panthers for a night. And he said, you know, Pete, I, I, I want to be uh, like a sports writer is what I really want to be. He was doing the police, the court, you know, any other news and sports. And uh, so I said, you know, work hard and, you know, stick with the Panthers and we will try to help you as much as we can. So he rode on the Panthers and, you know, I would make sure that he had access to all the players and um, great guy. Okay, fast forward to Hockeyville or fast forward a, a few years after that. He applies after a while to um, the, to the Associated Press and he ends up being the Vancouver Canucks writer for the Associated Press. Wow. And then he... He ends up, um, he, he's now writing for NHL.com. And he was writing for NHL.com when we, were doing Osh- when we were doing Hockeyville. He phones me up and he says, hey, Pete, I'm coming over to cover Hockeyville. I got three days to cover it. And I said, wow. And he said, what are, what are my stories? Like, what am I writing about? And I said, okay, you're writing about the Bens being here. You know, I said, that would be a great story because he has access to all those players in the NHL. I said, the, the must story, though, is about Larry Orr because Larry Orr was on his last legs. He was really sick with cancer. He had given so much to the community and so much to the hockey community. And uh, he was our trainer and, and he was super sick. And so um, Kevin Woodley, you know, came out and, and he, I lined up an interview with Larry at his house on the Sunday and before the game. And I, the game was on a Monday. And we were at the rink on Monday morning and at the, at the, for Hockeyville. And he came and talked to me and he said, you know, Larry told me yesterday that what he would like more than anything would to, was to meet Don Cherry. And he said, so, so I went and talked to Don Cherry. Kevin Woodley says he went to talk to Don Cherry and, and Ron McLean. And they said they're going to have him on between periods. Wow. And so the, he was on Coach's Corner for the full period. And uh, I think that, now I, I'm, I, I didn't see this, but what I heard was Derek Orr, his son, was going to come in when they first met, when, he, when Larry first met Don Cherry and Ron McLean before the game started. And uh, they said, no, no, this is just Larry, Don, and, and Ron. Wow. And, and um, anyway, Larry went and dropped the puck, and then he did coach's corner after the first period, and I think he died three or four days later. Wow. Yeah. Amazing story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I bet you could never have imagined that when you had that lunch meeting and then all of a sudden you're, you're owning a, a junior B team and now you're talking to some random Australian guy on a podcast about it, that you would have these experiences because you don't, you don't go into something like that, do you, ex- expecting this, but it's, it's that journey that it, you go across that you obviously experience amazing things like that. Well, I, I went into it really because... I knew that it was going to be easy for me in terms of getting players because I knew all the kids that I wanted. And so that was easy along the way. We've helped a lot of people, you know, Kevin Woodley is one, Um, you know, there was a guy here, Vern Faulkner, who was writing for one of the newspapers and just was on his face. Like nothing was going for him. And he ended up, you know, coming here and writing some articles and we promoted him. He ended up taking over a, a, a newspaper out in the prairies 
And, you know, like you two guys, I, and I said this to Kareen, like something good is going to come out of this podcast. Um, like you guys are really talented and I know we've talked about a lot of things that, that you two can do once we start running actual games. And I'm talking actual games with fans because you guys are going to be doing something. There's going to be something up on the big screen. Like I think you guys are going to add entertainment value galore and somebody's going to walk through here that is connected to a Western Hockey League team or a National Hockey League team. Somebody is going to see you and something's good is going to happen. And so it's like I told Sticky about you, Ben. I said, you know, Ben is a professional and make sure that you outwork him because this guy is like top shelf. You see, Sticky Pete doesn't know me that well. See, <laughs> like this is, a, this is a joy where you can um, bring that charm there. I mean, you mentioned before about when you can get games up and running fans obviously is a hope but where are we at right now pete where are we at uh currently uh prospect season for 2020 21 okay we're in a mess there's no doubt about it but what i'm hoping is that on september 25th we play our opener right here on september 25th right now um via sport and bc hockey the government agencies have said that basically teams can play in in a pod uh, or a cohort they use cohorts of four teams or less so that doesn't work well with nine teams so you know our league right now in fact today there was a zillion bazillion emails going back and forth about how we should do this and you know like not everybody's happy with every proposal but personally I think it's important that we don't travel for the health of the players I really think that's important although everybody in our league doesn't think that's important I do. And uh, not unlike the cages, I think that health of the players is paramount. Um, and the second thing is, is, you know, I want to, to make sure that we can play the entire season, play in the playoffs. So there's a lot of things on the table and we'll see what happens. I, but, but, but I'm really anticipating we're going to open up here September 25th. Mark your calendars, folks. September 25th, home opener. And uh, Pete, you know, you just kind of mentioned the cages thing there. Um, I have a question for you. What kind of came up with the idea for the cages? You know, what was kind of your thought process through the whole thing? Well, I'd been doing this for a long, long time, and I'd seen a lot of young kids come through. And, uh, and you know, there was the kids like Jamie Ben and Jordy Ben and Ryan O'Byrne that were NHLers. And, and, you know, Kyle Greentree and Mike Hamilton and, you know, uh, uh, Spencer Carberry, who coaches um, in, um, for Hershey in the American Hockey League, came through here. But I also saw the majority, the vast majority of kids that came through here are now starting to cycle through. And they're, they're 33, 34, 35, 36, and there's plumbers and lawyers and policemen. And, you know, th- they got busted up. A lot of them got busted up lost teeth busted there was one kid Jeff Zukowski who's a fireman he got really busted up I mean his jaw was busted I remember going to the hospital after the game and sitting with him and his mom for a while and and the kid was injured big time okay fast forward to right before we did the cages we had a kid here uh, I thought he was one of the best D in the league as a 17 year old showed a Yamamoto he was he was an absolute beast and we were in, um, you know, like a camp. And he got high-sticked by Braun, Riley Braun, by accident. 
and it cut his eyelid, not his eye. He cut his eyelid. It was so close to being right on the globe of his eye. Like, I can't tell you, like, a, a paper thin, a little bit lower, he loses his eye. And his little brother was standing in the lobby with his mom and dad and showed his eye was bleeding and he was he came out and he was going to go into the washroom and look at his eye and his, his little brother says showed a you're an idiot and uh and and i looked at that and i said to myself no i'm the idiot for allowing shoda to be in a position to lose an eye mm-hmm. and 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 that night we made the decision and um you know, there was a lot of pushback, but I think it's been the best. People don't even talk about it anymore. I'd, I'd love to just quick thoughts. Season opener, season happens. How how are the Panthers looking for the for the next season? What are your hopes for for the new season for the well, team? Okay, I hope that it's an uninterrupted season because we've got two 20-year-olds that are going to play on the top line in the league here, um, Lingard and, and Wart, and Braun's a 19-year-old. And I really more than anything I hope there's a season for those two kids because they're Peninsula kids and they played their hearts out here you know since they were 17 they made the team when they were 17 and they played a lot of games and so um, I want to see those kids finish their year I'm watching I think we've got a ton of skill I think our top six are like with Braun, Lingard, and Wart, who are the best line in the league. You know, we got a second line of Spears and Maloney and probably Thompson Fittis, which I think is top five, top six, top five line in the league. And, you know, we've got some great uh, skill on the front end, you know, with guys that we brought in. Um, you know, on the back end, we've got Jensen and Seal, who are going to, I think, dominate at 18 years old. We brought in a kid, Braden uh, Evans from Edmonton, who's a 20-year-old stopper. And a nice kid, really good kid. He fits in the room so well. And, and you know, we've got uh, Johnston on the, uh, will be coming in as our second goaltender and we'll let him develop and see what happens. So um, we're really happy with the guys we got. But more importantly, Ben, what we're really happy about is the kids are such quality kids. They are unbelievable and they get along great. And I absolutely love the character and the people that we have. Uh, yeah, mentioning the character and stuff like that. I'm lucky enough to get to be on the ice with these guys, spend time in the dressing room. And last year, obviously, the heartbreaking end to the season due to the pandemic. And it was almost heartbreaking seeing guys like Bender and Spink, who had been around forever, Burchuk, you know, seeing them go. And uh, you just mentioning uh, Lingard and Wart, guys who I've kind of seen kind of come in as affiliates and then work their way up to being the top guys in the province. Um, one... Would you say you, I remember when uh, Lingard, Wart, and Braun played their first affiliate game here on the same line together, I believe they were. Did you think from then on that they were going to be the top line in the province one day? Did you know that the whole way or was it kind of, they kind of developed into the role? Well, if you're asking me back on that game, okay, so at that time, Wart and Lingard were 17. Oh no, Wart and Lingard were 16 and Braun Braun was 15. And, uh, and uh, no, I, I wasn't thinking about when they were 20 and 19. I was thinking these guys are good enough to play right now on this team and be in the top nine. They could have been on our top, uh, top three lines right then. Maybe even they could have been our second line. And so, you know, we, we were rebuilding at the time and they were a huge part of that rebuild. So I didn't say, oh, geez, where will these guys end up? But after saying that, it doesn't surprise me. I said it once before. These guys play the game 
and and apart they're really good players but together they're unbelievable they have these guys somehow have figured out how to have one brain and it's working they have one brain together it's amazing I wish I could have a brain sometimes. That would be exciting. Pete, um, we're going to play a little bit of an introduction, first of all, for this next bit. Right, now, um, this is our segment where we talk about some facts about you that we've been handed to us by a, an anonymous source. And uh, Sticky and I are just uh, hoping we can ask a few of these to you right now to see if these are true or not. So I, I hope you will. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, fact or fiction? Um, now, is it true that uh, you can hear sign language? I can what? Hear sign language. Like, if I start signing to you right now, you can you can hear it without having to read it. Do you know something, Benny? I can barely hear you. Never mind <laughs> your fingers. <laughs> uh, so, we'll, we'll call that one fiction then, I think, Stiggy. I think it's fiction. Yeah. All right. Um, now, is it true... That um, you can kill my imaginary friend. Did you do it? Like, I, I've been wondering where my imaginary friend has gone to recently. Did you kill them? I'm going to say no on that one. Okay, all right. Well, gee, these are all fiction. I, I'm not liking this. We've got to get a better source for these ones. Um, is it true that you beat the sun in a staring contest? I beat who? The sun. No, no, I no, I, I don't even think I tried, but um, no, no luck in that one. Now, you got to tell me this is true. You know Victoria's Secret, don't you? Way, who doesn't, Ben? Come on, hey, hey. And, and actually, and you you have a diary. Apparently, it's called the Guinness Book of World Records. Is that is that true? No, no. Sticky, do you, I think Sticky needs to read some. I'm reading all the false ones out here. All right, Pete. Are you the real reason why Waldo is hiding? <laughs> no, but you know I've got the Waldo. Where's Waldo book? Alright, well we're done with these facts yep, and we are going to move on to your weekly segment of Cougar's Joke of the Week brought to you by Big B-Man. I Thank you for this. I really have to get used to this. I, I actually want Pete do me an honor before we say goodbye. I want Pete to read one of these. All right, we've read one of our uh, Cougars jokes of the week. Because again, we we type it in Google, and what do you know? Victoria Cougars jokes. It's a website. It's it's hilarious. So, the owner of the Peninsula Panthers, Pete, you you choose one of those jokes and tell us uh, this week's Cougars joke of the week. Well, everybody's gonna like this one. What do you call five Victoria Cougars players standing ear to ear? I don't know, Pete. Tell me. Well, a wind tunnel. Oh, look at that. Mic drop again, Sticky. Wow. Wow. Um, I think on that note, Pete, it's a pleasure having you here on Claude Weekly. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, any any departing words you would like to uh, say uh, ahead of uh, another exciting week in Panthers ownership land? Uh, well, I got a bit of feedback on your podcast from uh, Riley Bron's grandparents. Okay. And um, they liked it, and they they were really looking forward to guests, and they thought that um, you know I should be a guest. They sh- thought that a lot of the players should be guests. They thought that our coach should be a guest. He, I'm hoping he's going to be next, Pete. Well, okay. that's our aim, I think. Okay, and they also thought, and they were very hard on this, and I thought it was the best idea yet that grandparents should be guests. Okay. Done. Can we? Uh, you hook us up, Sticky. You got some. Well, I think I have a great idea. I said we have the players on, yeah. with with a parent, grandparent, auntie, uncle. I don't care, and they're gonna tell us a story of when they were younger. <laughs> there Done. you go. Easy. Done. I like it. Easy. 
I absolutely like it. Pete, mate, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on here to be our first guest on Claude Weekly. Thank you very much. And uh, we will no doubt get you on again to uh, find some true facts and uh, also cheer on another successful year for the Panthers, no doubt. Well, thanks so much, Ben. Thanks, Dickie. And uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. We will try our very best. Sticky, uh, we, are, we are on the cusp now of closing out episode three, but just would like to say to, to everybody who's tuned in, uh, the feedback, everything, it's been great uh, seeing what's been said out there and uh, very exciting to get our first guest on here with Pete. So rolling along. Yeah, we had our first guest, obviously, Pete Zabirski. We, uh, guys just heard it. Um, but yeah, it was lots of fun. You know, I hope to get lots more, you know, maybe even Brad Tippett next week. Uh, and, you know, maybe some future players. Maybe we can get Jackson Scared, assistant coach. Uh, we'll see where this takes us. I definitely think Brad will be the uh, the next goal, so stay tuned. We'll see if that happens next week. But uh, in the meantime, follow us all on social media, of course, uh, Instagram and Twitter, P-Panthers, V-I-J-H-L. I'll get it out eventually. P-Panthers, V-I-J-H-L. Thank you very much. Thank that's It, it sounds Instagram better in a Canadian Twitter. accent. That sticky's on the ball there. And uh, Facebook, we're hoping a reboot of that Facebook page. Uh, Stay tuned soon. on the Twitter and Instagram, and we'll have it up and running by uh, by the weekend. But uh, it'll be up and running by the time you listen to this. And to subscribe to the podcast, we are uh, now available on Apple Podcasts, which, of course, is the uh, best way to get it there. But, of course, P-Panthers, V-I-G-H-L.transistor.fm is, of course, where you can get the uh, episodes directly to your screen you can subscribe with the RSS feed there leave us some feedback we would appreciate it and let us know who you would like to hear on the show be it one of the players be it Brad be it somebody's grandma is there a particular player's grandmother you want us to hear from do we need to track down Jamie Ben's grandmother to see like you know how is she feeling right now about him in the playoffs and what were her memories like of him here in the Panthers who knows yeah who knows but that could be a possibility we will we will do that um, so yeah if you want to hear anything like that be sure to either leave it in a comment for the promo for the next episode or shoot us a DM on Twitter or Instagram. And also make sure you find some real Pete Zabersky facts because I'm a bit disappointed in our uh, our research team that they were all false. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. uh, Sticky, I'm going to let you close this out. I'm going to say thank you very much. I don't know why you're closing this out. Thanks, Pete. I'm just going to shut up and let you do the hard work here. All right, folks, that's all she wrote for episode three of Claude Weekly. We'll be right back at her next week. Yeah.